Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have a report from Whitney Pittman as well. A coalition of 35 farm groups has sent a letter to President Biden recommending changes to boost U.S. food and agricultural exports. Land O'Lakes President and CEO Beth Ford outlined the current challenges during a meeting of the President's Export Council. In 2022, American food and agriculture exports totaled nearly $200 billion, providing jobs and economic opportunity throughout the supply chain in every corner and coast of the country. And yet in 2023, we are experiencing a 9% decline in the value of U.S. food and agricultural exports and a 16% decline in volume. And from USDA's most recent quarterly outlook for the U.S. agricultural trade, the ag trade deficit is forecasted to rise by 45% in fiscal 2024. USDA currently projecting an agricultural trade deficit of $17 billion dollars that compares to an average trade surplus of $12.5 billion each year over the past 10 years. To reclaim its leadership role in global trade, the Council is seeking help to diversify the supply chain. Second, the PEC recommends the establishment of a robust agricultural trade agenda. This would counter recent trends of agricultural trade exports falling behind. It would also enhance the ability of American producers to gain market access and maintain competitiveness. We asked the administration to expand domestic trade promotion programs for traditional and specialty crops, recommit to comprehensive trade agreements where possible, and eliminate tariff and non-tariff trade barriers within priority regions and markets. The groups included in this coalition include Farm Bureau and commodity groups representing corn, soybeans, wheat, milk, pork, and dry edible beans. Congestion in the Panama Can uh, Canal supported the U.S. wheat markets. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson says low water is backing up shipping on the canal. Congestion in the Panama Canal here since late summer and there's talk that you know, some oil tankers were turned around or did turn around on their own today because their wait's too long and there's talk that maybe some grain ships and grain purchases may be switched to the U.S. Uh, because of uh, logistic problems that are going through the Panama Canal. And Paulson thinks much of that demand could shift to the PNW. Uh, mostly the PNW, but probably a little out of the Gulf, too. And uh, so that, that's kind of been an ongoing story. It's been dry down there for a year or so, kind of a droughty area. Normally they don't have that problem, but, you know, the Panama Canal is getting old and the ships keep getting bigger, and I just think it takes, you know, more water and longer to get the bigger ships through there. The December 2023 corn contract is at 450 a bushel in that range, while the same contract for 2024 is just over 5 bucks per bushel. In the monthly bullpen interview on the Red River Farm Network's YouTube channel, Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi explained that 50 cent difference. That is the market telling you you grew a good crop and demand's not there. If you store and hold that corn for one whole year, it's worth 50 cents. Now, get your pencils out, do the math. There's a cost of storage, there's an interest rate, there's shrink, there's all types of stuff that grain elevators deal with. If you stored that corn for about a whole year, 
I have a really good idea that that whole 50 cents would be gone. After seeing a 550 corn market for a year and a half, it can be difficult to pull the trigger on 450 corn. And the reason is whenever you sell something for a high price, whether it be a house or a pickup or uh, something, an investment, a stock, and then the price drops, it always feels cheap or like it's on sale versus that this is the new normal. And this is the new normal. In the full interview, Grisafi also discusses interest rates, gold prices, and the drop in the cattle market. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson says the livestock markets continue to grind lower after setting highs this past September. And we've just been pretty much in a downward trend since then and actually erasing almost 100% of the gains that we had or six, the last six months gains that we've had in the feeder cattle market. Live cattle haven't been as bad, but yeah, it's been kind of brutal and you know, a lot of it is tied to the expectations that we're seeing herd expansion, which, you know, we really don't see that taking place right now in anything in the numbers that we look at. But I think, it, you know, it, it was a reminder that, you know, this market can come down as the funds started to exit and then it just snowballed from there. And Martinson advises using risk management tools to minimize risk exposure. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. USDA has waived notice of loss requirements for two of its livestock disaster programs. The Farm Service Agency is streamlining this year's livestock indemnity program and the ELAP program. Farmers and ranchers can submit losses as soon as possible following a natural disaster. FSA county committees will also be asked to review all notices of loss that were previously rejected due to late filing and determine if that waiver applies. Priorities for updating the next Farm Bill remain constant. Many groups will focus uh, on getting a Farm Bill signed early in 2024. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. American Soybean Association Vice President Josh Gackle says a one-year extension of the 2018 Farm Bill has created some certainty for farmers. ASA has been focused on a number of priorities within the Farm Bill and a full five-year reauthorization, um, but realizing that we weren't going to get that, um, a one-year extension, I guess, is the next best option. And we'll start engaging again with the committees, uh, committee chairs, uh, with the team that we have in D.C. and with uh, our board of directors who have really good relationships with their elected members of Congress, um, just to, again, re-engage with those committees, those committee chairs, focus on the priorities we've got priorities we've already identified and try and move one forward here early in the 2024 calendar year. There's now an urgency to get a farm bill done before politics become a bigger factor ahead of elections. I don't think much is going to change uh, policy-wise or priority-wise for ASA or any of the other commodity groups. I mean, we're still going to be focused on the same structural changes that we were looking for in this previous authorization. So it's more of a process type of engagement, just trying to move it along as things stretch out in an election year and the other political things start to creep in, you know, later in the summer, you start to maybe lose that opportunity to get one done. So I think just, again, urgency, let's get it done um, while we have some momentum here. Maybe now's the time to do something. I think there's some commitment there from the chairs of the committee to try and do that. And I think they see the same issue. If we can, sooner is better. So hopefully that's the case. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. The U.S. Grains Council has released a study that shows poultry-fed U.S. corn showed significant cost savings versus Brazilian or Argentinian corn. 
Birds-fed diets with U.S. corn consumed less feed during the grow-out phase. That study was funded by the Minnesota Corn Research and Promotion Council, the North Dakota Corn Utilization Council, and the South Dakota Corn Utilization Council. In an interview with Reuters News Service, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack said the Biden administration is considering its next steps in the ongoing trade dispute with Canada over dairy market access. The United States contends Canada illegally denies access to its dairy products, but a USMCA trade dispute panel disagreed. Vilsack didn't offer any details, but said the administration is looking for creative ways to sell more U.S. dairy products north of the border. The weekly report from the Energy Information Administration shows ethanol production during the week ending November 24th was down 12,000 barrels per day to just over 1 million barrels per day. Ethanol stocks are down 300,000 barrels to 21.4 million. Clean Fuels Alliance board member Greg Anderson says sustainable aviation fuel is being driven by a desire to, to create cleaner air and improve health in communities surrounding airports. Uh, sustainable aviation fuel is growing. It's in demand by the major airlines. Uh, they're all looking at it, and a lot of them are starting to use it. We see health studies around U.S. airports that are rather large with hundreds of planes either taking off or landing each day and the radius say like 20 miles around that airport the air quality is just not very good because of all the pollution and it's resulting in some long-term uh, health uh, concerns with increased uh, cancer risks, increased uh, lung uh, diseases and things of that nature just simply because of where people live closer to the airport. Europe has taken a lead in the uh, movement. Using sustainable aviation fuel by and large provides all the properties of performance that a jet engine demands, but it, it re reduces carbon and it reduces particulate matter and reduces all those harmful uh, chemicals that uh, would affect human health. So it's being driven to a, a large degree by Europe. They took a lead on biodiesel 30, 40 years ago. We're a global environment now. We have airplanes, uh, hundreds of airplanes landing uh, in other countries every day. Other countries are saying, well, if you're going to land here, you're going to be sustainable, and, and here's how you can do it by using sustainable aviation fuel that, that cleans up the air. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The grain markets appear to be waiting for fresh news. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On is expecting a quiet trade. I wouldn't be surprised unless some black swan or world event happens. It's going to be quiet for the rest of the year. Uh, the, the December crop report is typically very quiet, and they've known to make zero changes out of that report just because they need to really finalize production numbers in the January report that they kind of skip by till they have more information. So it's not saying nothing can happen out of that December report, but you know history tells us that typically it doesn't really do a whole lot. A uh, major focus will be South American weather. Yeah, that is the big driving force right now is South American weather. And I think eventually you're going to start to see that play more of a role into corn. But, you know, their big crop, their second corn crop, it doesn't really start to get planted until the January time frame. And so we are still a little bit off before really being concerned about the corn market coming out of Brazil. Um, right now this, the focus is on weather, but it's tied to beans, not corn. Fargo-based Titan Machinery reporting fiscal third quarter revenue of $694 million. That's up from $669 million a year ago. Equipment revenue is up $12.8 million year over year. Gross 
profit for the fiscal third quarter reported at $138 million. The North Dakota Public Service Commission will host a hearing next month regarding the Summit com uh, Carbon Solutions attempt to block local ordinances in Burley and Emmons counties. Summit claims the county ordinances are unreasonably restrictive and would prevent the carbon pipeline project from being built. This hearing will be December 21st. It'll be held at the state capitol. Checking markets, we're down two cents for Minneapolis wheat for March at 723 and a quarter, while the May contract gains a half penny. The Chicago wheat, the March contract down three and a quarter, and KC wheat down four and a quarter. March corn, a half cent to the plus side, 476 and a half. July down a half penny. Soybeans down two and three quarters, 1344 and a quarter. March down two and a half cents. As we check in on the farm calendar, the Canola Symposium going on today at the Rose Hill Community Center. Registration starts at 9 o'clock. The program begins at 9.30. Uh, full session today, including a trade show. And our own Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster, Randy Conan, on the way to that meeting uh, as we wrap up here today. A tax management program will be offered to farmers and tax preparers. That's going on today, starting at 1 o'clock via Zoom. It's being put together by NDSU Extension. And coming up starting tomorrow, it's the North Star Classic, the cattle show in Valley City. Uh, always a, a good show. That continues through Sunday. And also, as we look to the farm calendar, uh, the Minnesota Renewable Energy Roundtable is on the schedule. They're looking at the hydrogen economy Evolving Rural and Agricultural Opportunities. This program, December 6th in Sauk Rapids, Minnesota, but they will have a virtual option available as well. That meeting organized by AURI. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.